How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. All right, welcome back to Bacon Wrapped Business. This is Brad, and if this is your first time ever listening to the podcast, uh, I want to let you know that you can subscribe. If you're on iTunes and you found it there, just hit that little subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. If somehow you found this on the website, the blog, and you're listening there, just click the button. And if you're using you know, Apple, you can subscribe right there. And if you're using uh, Android, we're on Stitcher and elsewhere. So just to let you know that you know, there's a lot of shows that I do, but every single one of these shows are with people that I interview that I am personally curious about. I don't interview people just to fill up, you know, the iTunes space with air, and I don't do traditional interviews. Every single person that I talk to is somebody that I have a very personal curiosity and desire to learn from because they're either doing something that I want to know how to do or they have a specific knowledge that I think can be useful to you as well. And today is no different. I'm going to welcome John Hurley from All Star Products Group who you know, maybe you're familiar with All-Star products, or at least you're familiar with some of the products they've launched. They use Direct Response TV, also known as infomercials, to launch consumer products. But more than TV, they also use retail, internet, social media, and PR to launch and integrate these products into our lives. Now, you may be familiar with some of their brands like, well, Snuggy, and my favorite, the Bacon Bowl. I haven't personally used it, but for obvious reasons, I'm going to like it. Now, John Hurley worked on the creative team where he developed many of the infomercials you see on television and then the direct response department where he worked closely with the web and TV vendors to run their commercials and launch these brands, many of which, as I've already mentioned, have become household names. It's John's job to find the next big hit, potentially the next Snuggy. Now, my former guest and now friend, Stephen Key, who you may have heard on a previous episode, who's a renowned expert in licensing, introduced John and I. And I asked John to be on the show so I can figure out what it takes to launch a household product to a truly massive audience. You'll want to listen to this because maybe you have an idea now that you could take advantage of. Or maybe hearing what it takes to create one of these ideas spurs one that could you know, quite possibly change your life. Who knows? But we're going to find out. I'll be asking John a, a lot of questions that I want to know, and I invite you to listen closely and eavesdrop on the, uh, on the conversation. Now, I personally have experience with most of the digital and internet channels of uh, you know, e-commerce, but this is a pretty new area for me. So without any further ado, John Hurley, welcome to Bacon Rat Business. Brad, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. This is going to be fun because you know I've I've interviewed uh, an expert in direct response and DRTV in uh, in the past, and some of the folks who've listened may have heard my interview with Ron Lynch. But I want to t- ask you some more questions as it really applies to you know what it takes to come up with the idea, where you find these ideas, what it takes to really make it in. In DRTV, and more than that, because I also realize that that the it's it's much more beyond just TV now. It's a fully multi-channel marketing uh, space. But 
you know, I, I could spend a lot of time. Hey, tell me your backstory. Tell me where you grew up and everything else. I want you to tell me a few of the surprising or inspiring success stories that you've been privileged to seeing over the years and uh, working at All Star. What's been What's been some of the cool things that you've got to be a part of? So, um, it's, it's a good question. It's it's you know we're in a space where we're trying to find a needle in a haystack. You know we're mm-hmm. in an industry where um, you know you're trying to. You're, you're trying to get someone off the couch to order something while they're watching TV where they're not in a buying mode. Um, and then also to, to push, you know, to run that commercial, earn enough money back and sell enough products at retail. Um, it's a very difficult thing to do, um, it's especially, again, when they're not in that buying mode. And, um, you know, so we're looking for items that are unique, solve a problem. And one of the really um, unique and neat stories I've been a part of, actually you mentioned Stephen Key, um, one of his students a good friend of mine, um, brought good friend of mine now. I've been working with him for about God four years. Um, actually, had an item. He, he listened to something similar like this, a podcast, um, just an informational presentation about what we do and what we look for. And uh, he had this item. It was great. It was it was called Klingo at the time, and um, you know it was sitting in a retail box, and it's just a neat item, and it, you just couldn't you didn't know what it did. You know, it was sitting in a box. And he said, John, I need to all start to tell this story. And if anyone here is familiar with, or anyone listening is familiar with Klingo or, or now Gripco, it's a um, sticky car mount, cell phone car mount. And um, oh yeah, I, I absolutely, I had the Gripco. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would never know by looking in a box. Um, you'd probably walk right by it. And uh, that gentleman brought us the item and said, "I need you guys to kind of, you know, to really tell the story, show the magic." And um, he sent us a, a product video in, and he's going through all the criteria that we went over and. Um, one of his demos, he actually took his phone, stuck it to the grip go, shook it out the window, and attached it back to his dashboard or to his windshield without the phone moving. Wow. It was that um, aha or that wow moment that really that grabbed All Star, you know, myself and the team here. And we actually ended up using that same exact demonstration um, on the commercial. And here we are, millions of units later, um, doing very, very well. So it's a, yeah, I mean, you see those success, you hear those success stories all the time. Um, you know, it's very fortunate. I, I get to work with them hand in hand. It's it's really neat bringing a product from uh, maybe selling a few thousand a year to mass market and selling millions on the shelves at every major retailer. That's awesome. So, what was what was his background before? Was he just a kind of a little tinker inventor? Did he, you know, what was he has a uh, he has a background in, in like yeah, so inventor, product developer, mm-hmm. um, really really creative, smart guy, and um, just had a background his whole life in developing items. Anywhere from kids' toys to um, kitchen housewares to obviously an auto item, which we have now. Um, but yeah, he's an inventor, product developer, just a really creative um, problem solver. Yeah, and that's and that I think that's the key for direct response. It's having products that solve a problem. You know, we going back to what I mentioned before, trying to get someone off the couch is difficult. You know, you're you're, you're probably at the end of your workday. The last thing you want to do is order something off a company that you don't know of. Um, so, but if we're solving that problem for you and we're making it worth your while, um, you know that that's what gets those people to get off the couch and order is that problem solution. Right. So, so All Star, it w- would it be safe to say that most of the most of the products that you guys sell, you know, they're generally like household. Either I hesitate to just say household products because obviously this one's a car product, but yep. you know, they're, they're they're general consumer products, relatively lower priced. What what would you say is the kind of the price point, the minimum maximum that, uh, or I guess is the sweet spot for making it with like All Star or just in DRTV? Uh, well, it's a it's a good question. There's there's two forms of 
really direct response. I mean, there's long form and there's short form. Mm -hmm. Long form meaning those 30-minute infomercials on Sunday morning, you know, or whenever they air, right? Those, those really are their shows. Yep. Compared to a short uh, form spot where it's just a two-minute infomercial. So short form, you know, since you have limited space to sell the customer, um, sweet spots anywhere between 10 to, let's call it $29.95, maybe up to $39. Mm-hmm. Um, the long form, though, obviously, um, with, with a real true 30-minute show, you can really... Um, sell the customer and try to push that price point. You could go hundred, couple hundred dollars, easy, you know, three or four easy payments of forty or fifty bucks, something like that. Um, but that's more common in long form. Okay, excellent. And then, where do you guys typically find your ideas? So, I, I like, do you does All Star have their own product development department that you guys are coming up with potential ideas, or are you working exclusively with? the population out there of inventors and marketers and product developers, et cetera, to just try to help them bring their ideas to market? Or is it a mix? Um, no, we, we sh- um, you know, we're out there going to trade shows like anyone just trying to meet and greet and also trying to see what's out there. But I mean, really at the end of the day, we rely on our, our partners, our product sources, our inventors, our product developers to bring us their items. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're great marketers. We're great at pushing retail. Um, but we do look to you know the outside. We don't we don't really develop our own products here. I mean we're mm-hmm. fully capable of taking an item that um, if we need to change it and you know maybe if we make it a different color or maybe make it you know do something a little bit different. We're fully capable of doing that. We do have in-house um, development and sourcing, but um, we really do rely on outside sources to bring us the item and kind of start us here. Um, which is why you know I'm, I'm so excited for this conversation today because. Uh, you know, the industry is so unique. We're looking for such a unique item. Um, I know there's a lot of great mines out there, a lot of great product, a lot of great products that came from those mines. We just need to find them. Um, yeah, it's, so, uh, it's, it's all outside. That's awesome. And, yeah, this has spurred so many questions. I'm trying to get to them all. The um, How do you know? Okay, obviously you mentioned the, the powerful demonstration, right? So that's that's the that's the home run. Whenever you know you've got a powerful demonstration and direct response, that speaks, you know, that, that's probably 80% of it, right? Like, because, okay, I can get somebody's attention on this and I can make them want it. How do you know? Because there's a lot of products out there that a lot of us have seen that, you know, we usually, we usually either have one or two reactions, which is, oh, my God, why didn't I think of that? That's genius. You know, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's brilliant. I would buy one of those. And there's other ones like, I can't believe that they're actually selling that. And sometimes they do incredible. I mean, the Snuggie's a great example of it's a robe turned backwards for the most part, and it just yeah. killed it with the right kind of marketing, which I love. Sure. But then how do you know some other stuff is innovative enough, um, such as I'm, – okay, so I'm, I'm flipping through your products right here, right? And I don't even really know. but Or maybe you can even come up with one. What was it like a product that – that you just you're kind of even baffled by its success, but it was really successful. I don't hate to put you on the spot here because I didn't, put, you know, no. nothing made it come to mind. You know, like okay, a great example. I don't know if the bacon bowl is a good example. I have, I think I have one. Okay, uh, the Forever Comfy Seat Cushion. Okay, it's a um, gel. It's a it's a it's a seat cushion with a yep. uh, the gel core. I mean, a really quality product, great product, soft. Um, you know, you've. And I think it shows the power of direct response. It shows the power of prompt solution. I mean, looking at it, you would never know. You you probably say, "Oh, that's just like a million other gel seat cushions <laughs> on the market, 
you know, or not even just a cushion out in the market. Yeah. Uh, but it was the commercial, it was the creative behind it, kind of explaining to the customer what makes this different. It's the gel core. That's what makes it different. That's what makes it more comfortable. That's what makes it bounce back. That's what makes it durable. Um, keeps you cool, right? So it was. So yeah. So it's it's a matter of looking at something and saying, okay, it has all these features, um, but can we play these features up? You know, yeah. can we talk about these features in a more constructive way to really so- to really sell the item and. Yeah, I mean, I think looking at it when I first saw it, I'm saying to myself, "God, that that you know, we have some work to do." But with the creative and our team here and the production company coming together, I mean, there's so many times after we see the commercial, we're like, "You know what? That looks great." And you, you know what? I get it now. You know, I understand it. Um, and you know, they're clearly explaining the product. So, if you had to ask me one example, that'd be it. Nice. You know, it kind of makes me think of you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, right? The um, that scene where he's like, "Sell me this pen." Where it really is, you can take an ordinary object, and when you know how to market the features and benefits and do it the right way, you can really sell anything. So I, I wanted to bring that question up, one, to remind me, not to overcomplicate it, that sometimes a simple product can be, you know, sold correctly can be a mega hit. Yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 getting harder and harder just to sell that ordinary item. Uh-huh. I mean, one of those, you know, one of the our biggest criteria for an item is it's got to be unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if the consumer feels like they could buy it, uh, if they're watching a spot, right, at whatever, let's call it 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 9 o'clock at night, and they're they're saying, oh, that looks cool, but, God, I think I could get that at CVS when I go there tomorrow. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, we're trying to gain that response. We're trying to make money back on TV so we can then run more media down the road and push the retail side of the business there. Um, so that uniqueness is so important. Um, it's something that we can't stray away from. So those simple products, while they're great and we can play them up and talk about them. There has to be something there to... Yeah, there has to be a unique selling point. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, two minutes doesn't sound like too much time to talk about something. But if it's not unique and doesn't have this magical feature, two minutes... It's forever, right? It's yeah. pretty long. It's pretty long. That's true. And, you know, I, and I know this from, from talking to some other, you know, other people, like everybody from Steve and Ron to, you know, whatever, that... It doesn't necessarily have to be a unique product, but it can be a unique twist on a product. It can be a unique feature of an existing product, like many of these things are, right? The, it's, the, it's the pitch. You know, sometimes it's even as far as, well, that's being pitched to do something outside. Well, how about we bring it inside? You know, yeah. oh, wow. You know, it just it could be as simple as that, and kind of going off that a little more. Yeah, I mean, there's thinking laterally and thinking how you know if if yeah, how could I improve this, change this, make it used in a different way, kind of, you know. Okay, so let, let, let's go on that thread of, of thinking. So let's say I think of – oh, we'll use a good – I mean we'll use that same example like the um, Forever Comfy one or anything, any product. So I've got this idea for a product. First question, at what point do I come to you? Do I have to have a prototype of it? Do I have to have a patent? Do I have to have all of this you know, super locked down intellectual property protection or – you know what? What do you see most of the time? I mean, obviously you can do that, but it's super expensive, and there's provisional patents and et cetera, et cetera. But what? What's really needed? Yeah. So the, um, you know, we do require a prototype, mm-hmm. and, I'm not, and it's and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying professionally boxed up, perfect full functioning. No, just a proof of concept prototype. I mean, yeah. if you have that, that's great. A drawing won't necessarily. <laughs> yeah. So napkin. you know, drawings and kind of. Even a CAD's usually not enough. Yeah. But we need some kind of proof of concept. Just because you know we're evaluating a product, um, whether we're going to invest in, in this product, we need to know if it's going to work and kind of, kind of go down the road of yeah. you know, is, is it going to 
is going to perform. You know, yeah. if, if the, is it going to fulfill the promises that we make? When you guys see so many, so many pitches and ideas, I'm sure that, yeah, you, I mean, if you just looked at drawings all day or concepts, you, you know, it'd take forever. Well, so. you know, I mean, how, I mean, how many drawings and concepts you look at sound great? Yeah, exactly. Right? But until they're finally put into practice and there's something there, it's it's really hard to evaluate. So, so some kind of prototype. Mm-hmm. And I, I say even as far as listen, if if you can make it, build it. We understand that it's not finished. We understand we might have to finish it, yep. work with you on finishing it. That's fine. Um, and then from an IP standpoint, um, there's no requirement to have any patent protection whatsoever to work with All-Star. Uh, we do sign non-disclosure agreements. So as far as your product being safe here, it's not leaving You know, it's not leaving this building. It's not leaving my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do evaluate products that have no IP whatsoever. Um, you know, we and then if it does go to retail and it goes down that road, you know, All Star works with you to to, um, to at the very least get a, a pending on there so that down the road you can also tackle it as well. Um, but as far as IP, no requirements there. You don't have to have a pen. It's great if you do. Um, and as far as prototype, um, nothing crazy finished, but we do need to show some kind of proof of concept. Okay, that makes sense. So I've got my idea. I've got a product, and it's uh, I think there's something unique to it. What's kind of the what's the process look like from okay so I, I contact you and we'll we'll even give people if they have an idea we'll give them the ability to do this at the end of the show but they let's say they contact John Hurley and they you know you guys start a conversation uh, set up a meeting yep. the kind of how that works yeah so um, you know I ask and, and yeah we get we can talk about this later yeah. but um, you reach out directly to All Star you could ask for me direct mm-hmm. um, and we just have a conversation you know I kind of get into you know, we can look at the item together. I'll go through, you know, the category history, kind of why we like it, why we wouldn't like it, and really from there, just kind of learn about the item fully, so I could, you know, so I can fairly evaluate it, um, and just explain the process as far as you know the timelines that we have, mm-hmm. and, and then take the item here. We meet weekly on new products, so I'd lump those into our, our meeting, and we would discuss them as a team here. Yeah. Um. Everything is, you know, everything is um, group based. You know, we. I, you know, I act as a funnel here. Obviously, I need to evaluate and make sure they're right for us. But the real serious items we talk about as a group. Okay. I mean, we get to that point, we talk it over, and then I'd get back with some kind of some, with feedback, whether positive or negative. Uh, you'll you'll hear from us no matter what. Yep. Um, personal feedback on your item as far as if we're going to move forward or not. Okay. So, would what about people who? Because one of the easiest, especially from my perspective and that, that of a lot of my friends who, you know, in e-commerce, that it's a lot cheaper and easier just to, you know, just to start selling some stuff online and seeing if you've got a market there. Is that is that actually preferable if somebody comes to you and says, here's my product, it's good, I've got some sales online, here's, my, here's what I'm doing and now I want to use you guys to scale versus people who are wanting to start with direct TV and all this other stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, I, th- I think in... From a product, from an inventor, from a product developer, from a you know, from a creative person, I think having that sales history is extremely important. Whether you're going to direct response or any marketer or any kind of licensing route, right? You're proving to someone that there's demand there. I mean, that's what we're trying to figure out: is there going to be demand? If you can, if you could say, "Listen, I I sold five thousand of these over the course of yada yada," or I or I sold out on HSN, or I sold out on a catalog, whatever it is, or Home Shopping Network, whatever it may be, you know, that's helpful. Um, certainly helps your case. Certainly provides a little, gives a little more information to your product, and kind of, um, kind of proves to us that there's somebody home. But at the same time, though, um, I would never discourage someone to come to us direct with their product because um, we can evaluate based off of what we're looking for pretty easily. Um, we're great at evaluating items, and if we think there's an opportunity there, um, you know, we'll go after it either way, whether it has history or not. Okay, cool. So then let's 
talk about the probably the big one, which is, hey man, I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to fund this infomercial and hope on a you know wing and a prayer that it works. What does the you know what what kind of financials are necessary? What kind of structures can be put in place to help somebody who's got a great idea but isn't flush with cash to get this off the ground? Because I mean, we all know creating a high end infomercial can be pretty expensive. Uh, I mean, into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, maybe fifty thousand on a on a shoestring, maybe even cheaper than that if you're really good. But let's talk about the what the numbers look like and what's possible. Sure. So. Uh Every deal here here at All Star is a licensing agreement. Okay. In other words, you know, um, for the for the lengthy agreement, the product source, the inventor, the developer uh, will allow All Star to market, distribute, and sell their product um, over that ag- time of that agreement. And uh, there is no investment whatsoever um, from the from our partners. You know, the value that they hold is the product itself. So in that licensing agreement, we pay a royalty. Uh, percentage of every sale. So you will literally never pay All Star a penny. Mm-hmm. Um, we end up paying you a royalty, or, uh, royalties quarterly um, for the time that the product's being sold both at retail and on TV. Okay, excellent. Because that, that was one of the things I wasn't even sure about because I know you can find direct response agencies to say, I want you to produce and market and all this and I'll pay you to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you guys don't operate like that, right? Everything's on the no. licensing agreement. Yeah, so we are a true direct response um, company through and through. Cool. You know, we're a sixty-person company in Westchester County, New York. Uh, fully full creative team here. Merchandising, obviously. Um, direct response. We source. We manufacture overseas, and we have our sales team here selling. So um, we do everything from A to Z. Cool. Um, so this is literally this is for this is ideal for the person who has the idea, can get a yep. prototype, can spend a little bit of money on yeah, getting the prototype up, maybe testing the market, uh, just getting it going. But once it's ready, they come to All Star, and then co- and if it works, they just collect checks. Yeah, I mean, we're a one stop shop that invests in you. That's great. Uh, we're, not, we're not asking for a penny. You know, we're not saying oh, if it doesn't work, you owe us the X Y Z. Um, you know, there's something there's, but the, unfortunately, there's a lot of those out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're one of the few. Um, All really, the risk is on you. Yeah, we looked. At, we understand that, and um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go after it. The value that you hold is your product, and we're gonna invest in it. Okay, and then there's probably, you know, various performance clauses to where it, you know the IP reverts back to me, yep. the the developer, if you guys don't achieve certain. Goals, etc. Yeah, there's so there's royalty benchmarks, yep. minimum royalty benchmarks that are outlined in the contract. Um, you know that pr- protect the the product source, the partner. Um, there's if there's one thing I I want to get across to everyone, and I think it's important, especially when you have a product and you kind of have your you know it's like your baby, right? It's, yeah. it's your kid. It's um, you know we're as transparent as they come. I mean, there's really um, we even try to involve every one of our partners as much as really as much as they want to be involved. Um, you know we're we're open book. You know there's not there's nothing we're going to hide. So as far as royalties, um, you know we pay them. You could put you in the line with our CFO. He'll run through those with you. Mm-hmm. He'll explain those to you. And from a creative standpoint, and from a TV standpoint, and a retail side, you know we provide updates as far as what's being sold, where they're going, um, developing the product, making sure it's perfect. You know we're going to ask you for your inv- your input. We're also going to ask you for creative input. So. Um, you know, we, we almost require participation from our partners, and um, we're happy to show what we're doing here. Nice. And then I know that a lot of people that I've talked to who aren't really familiar with licensing get a little bit shocked by the royalty percentages or the range, and they think that that's, it sounds low. But 
can you talk about what the range typically is for a and – and I know this kind of depends on multiple factors, but what can people typically expect? If they come to you, they've got a good idea. Um, I mean, you know, this isn't set in stone, but is there, is there a range of royalties that they can expect? Yeah, so, you know, I, I would say if I have to give you a range, let's just call it anywhere between 2 to 6%, somewhere in that range. Is that of gross and, sales? So that's on – So that's on. yeah, so that's on – um, that's on the retail side of the business. So, if, if we had this conversation 10, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, you know, most of our business would be done on the phone and, you know, just kind of traditional direct response marketing, right? Yep. Um, but now, if you go to every major retailer, there's as seen on TV sets. I mean, we're really selling everywhere, even in places that don't have those as seen on TV sets. So, yeah. um, most of our business is done at retail. So, yeah, that's that's on the um, that's on the wholesale side. So, for example, um, you know, what what we but we sell the product for yep. every time we sell a product at that at that price, you receive that percentage, that royalty. Great. So you sell the pro you sell my product to Wal- uh, you know CVS for yep. ten dollars. They retail it for twenty. I'm going to make between two to six percent of the ten. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yep. And then what about on any sales that come in through um, like you know the actual commercials? So there. So and, and that's. Um, so the directory side, the direct response side, you know, we're on every direct response campaign actually losing money. Every direct response marketer, for the most part, is either trying to break even or trying to lose as little as possible on right. TV. Mm-hmm. Um, really what it is, it's a form of advertising. Um, I'm not going to say we, we don't pay royalties on direct response, um, we, but we can certainly, you know, we can certainly negotiate those. But that's um, not where the much, money's made. No, no. They're going to be much lower there. Um, those royalties are much, much lower. Um, that's why we pay the higher percentage on the retail side. That's where that's where our business is. Right, and that's one of the things that I when I started studying DRTV and just the entire industry that I it, this that was kind of the big surprising thing to me is that the majority of the money is made by using DRTV to launch a product and get it uh, get brand awareness so that it can go into retail channels a lot easier because that's yeah, where the yeah. cash is created. Yeah, I mean we we hope the idea is. You know, we hope we're going to get some orders on TV, right? I mean, that's yeah. obviously why we're there. But the hope is that when they get to retail, they say, "Ah, oh, you know what? I remember seeing that last week, and you know what? I, I kind of wanted it. Here it is, right in front of me." They pick it up off the shelf and they buy it. So we're hoping that we build that awareness and that people are familiar with the product even before they get there. And when they see it, it's a no-brainer. What about when they buy online? Because I know that uh, the industry shifted quite a bit to where ten years ago. You know, I, I would imagine it's like seventy. I'm making these numbers up, but seventy percent of the, you know, sales would have been from the phone. Mm-hmm. But now I would imagine it's seventy percent or more is either online or in retail stores versus on the phone. Is yeah, it- so we're definitely, and you know, so each, so that royal. So going back to the royalty real quick. Yeah. When I say DR, I'm sorry, I didn't specify direct response. That includes both TV and the web sales. Okay. Um, they're they're both of them are just a, a small part of the business. Yep. Um, I think going to, and if we're talking about, you know, is it more web? Is it more TV? It really depends on the product. It depends on, you know, the target consumer. Mm-hmm. If it's an older item, if it tends to skew more, you know, just a little elderly maybe, um, you know, your phone's going to be higher than your web. But yeah. if it's a hot item like hot buns or hot hues, um, you know, mobile and web is going to be much higher than phone. It's just kind of, it's kind of the customer, you know? Okay. Now, you know, how, what are they familiar with doing? What are they, you know, what have they done in the past? Okay, and so the the, the royalties there will be in line with the ones on the TV. So they're not going to be as much. And I and I bring this up not only just to satisfy my own curiosity, but for to manage expectations because I guarantee that you guys deal with this where you get a product developer who thinks this is the next 
you know, $100 million product and then you tell them, I'll give you 2 to 6% or, or whatever, and they think, oh, well, you're robbing me. And they don't really understand, A, what all goes into it, and they also don't understand how much money that can be with a hot product when they don't have to do all of the other stuff that you guys have to do. <laughs> well, we're talking, you know, so we're not – we're looking to sell millions. You yeah. Know, we're going to invest. We're looking – so that's 2 to 6% per unit on millions of units, which turns into a real number. Um, and as far as, yeah, they – we get – yeah, and you're right. We get it all the time is – you know, John, four percent, three percent. Is that you know? That's not fair. Well, you know, you, there's not only the manpower here, it also that goes into a campaign. But um, you know, you have to remember at the end of the day, we're going to retail with a hunch, right? We're going yeah. knowing that we're getting response, but at the end of the day, the consumer's king. And when you get there, you're not sure. What's, you know, we have formulas in place that say we're going to be okay, but it's never set in stone. Um, so before you get there, you know, you're spending you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions, on media. Just to build the pro- build awareness, and then since you're building that awareness and you get to retail, you want to make sure you have enough product on the shelves to sell as many as you possibly can. So let's just say you're making half a million units to start, you know, at a at a cost of goods of a couple, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Right? There's a lot of startup costs. Yeah, so you're in, you know, without really having real substantial sales, you know, millions of dollars, and that's the the risk we we're willing to take without really giving you you know without having our partners or any of our product sources take any of that risk whatsoever. So. Hence that percentage, but at the same time, we're more than happy to pay that percentage on millions of units, and you know that turns into, a, like I said before, a, a real, real number. Yeah, that's got to be fun to change, change people's lives with the uh, royalty checks that yeah. come in from yeah. a kind of an idea. What can people do to, you know, what can people do it, with their product, you know, before they're talking to you, or you know, what are the what are some of the ways that people can get the higher end of that royalty percentage? So the you know the six percent is it is it based on the product? Is it based upon the fact that hey I've come to you I've already established that I've sold you know several hundred thousand dollars worth of this on e-commerce channels and now I want to come to you to scale it up? Um, you know what what helps give that? Sure, it's a great question. I uh, so it, it's yeah so it's it's how do you I guess in other words how is there less risk on All Stars part? Right, so yeah. Um, if there's so if you're fully patented and we already know that, you know, again we don't require it, but that's great. You know, that's just more protection for All Star. Um, if it's, you know, like you said, if you if you've already God, you already have finished prototypes working that are, um, I don't know, let's just say it's electric and it's UL approved already, and that that investment's already been done and you've sold thousands of them. I mean, you know that how much that saves in both time and. You know, investment on all sorts part is, is is huge. So it's those. You know, so when you're looking at, it, you're saying to myself, you know, how how are you lessening the risk for all star? I guess in a way, you know, how are you um, kind of helping us out in a way to get it to to mark even faster? Um, so if you have those things in place and it's a and it's a great category and it's has some proven success in the past and we just feel really strongly about it, obviously, um, you know, those ro- those ro- royalties could go higher. Excellent. Okay, and that makes sense. So, um, have you seen? I was just curious about um, you know the the types of product developers out there. Do you guys see the eighty twenty rule in effect, where eighty percent of the products out there are being developed by twenty percent of the product developers, and you know you're going back to the same group every time, or is it really just all over the board? Um, a lot of like one shot deals, like hey, this guy had a great idea, he did it, versus people who actually create do this for a living and. Yeah, so I, I can tell you from the context of All Star. Yeah, and I'm gonna give you. A, it's gonna sound like a cop out, but it's true. It's it based. It it depends year to year. I mean, honestly, it does we? Um, 
there's been years where 80% of our product has come from inventors and product developers that might have one or two hits. And there's other times where those have come from just, um, you know, even some large companies, large cookware companies um, who look to partner up with an all-star to bring those products to market. Um, because again, they're not they're not really in the direct response space and they might have a great kitchen or cookware item or auto item that demonstrates really well and they just want to, um, you know, kind of increase the revenue stream and have us pay them a royalty on their product. Okay. Um, so it's really a, um, it's a year to year thing, but, um, you know, we have a lot of great sources that bring us multiple products, I, I must say. And I think it goes back to, um, you know, the relationships that we build here, the transparency and just how, um, it's a nice working environment. It's a good group of people here. Nice. Are there any are there any trends you're noticing now going forward? Whether it's uh, in the product side, in the marketing side, in the distribution, like the um, you know, the, what, what's new? Cha- what's changing in the market that you've seen? Because you've been doing this for a little while. Yeah, so I think from well, from a direct response standpoint, um, you know, the higher price point items are actually gaining more traction. Okay, um, We're noticing that we're able to, you know get the same response we would on maybe on a on a less expensive item at a higher price point which is encouraging for us so we're looking into those categories into those products that you know might cost us a little more like I said before it was you know rule of thumb a couple of years ago was that 1995 was probably the highest in short form but now as I mentioned before 2995 is growing and for that reason so um, you know we're seeing price point changes um, you know and, and like anything you know as the consumer evolves we have to evolve also and I think um you know, for example, the the internet. I mean, the reviews on products, making sure people are happy, making sure they function. It's becoming more and more important. Um, not to say we wouldn't before, but you know, there's you know, social media and reviews, and you know, the way people kind of go about their business can change your product in a heartbeat. So, um, it's kind of staying on top of you know the, the product on top of social media. It's really going that way. So I guess you know, those are probably the two trends I'm seeing. Okay, excellent. Now. Couple other quick questions here. Uh, typical cost of the product to the what's the typical markup to make this work? So product costs five dollars to create. What do you typically need to sell that for? Or what's the you know what's the you know the kind of the benchmark markup you're looking for? Is it like four yeah. times, five times? Yeah. So rule of thumb is any is let's say five to six times. Um, so for example, um, in the past, if it's a ten dollar item, we probably wouldn't want to go above a dollar fifty, something like that. As okay. far as you know, manufactured in in bulk. Um, you know, same and, and, and as obviously as you go up, um, it's the same thing. So for nineteen ninety five, you know, you're talking three, three fifty, somewhere around there. And again, manufactured in bulk and, and that's the thing too. And I don't want anyone to be scared away saying, Well I don't know what it's gonna to cost to make. Well I don't know if you know I have to get a quote now. No, we That's what you guys do. Yeah, we're pretty good at looking at something and saying, I, I think we could do that. Um, and kind of at least knowing we're in the ballpark and if we have to kind of go down that road to figure it out we will okay so here's the part that I really want to know about because I've always been curious and this is the things we don't see so we see the commercials we see all that stuff Let's t- and you know coming from a guy I've been in the you know the direct response online side I know the importance of a back end but I never see the back end of most of us who aren't buying the you know the products on you know via the phone, et cetera, aren't seeing that. Do you guys do much, or can you? <laughs> how much can you reveal of of the back end marketing that All Star does? Because you know, when you get somebody to call in or buy online, now you've captured that information. It's not just being sold at at retail. And there's a fortune in back end marketing, uh, whether it is from ethically renting the buyer lists, which is it is 
you know, commonly done versus cross-selling a lot of the other products you guys have, um, you know, whether it's telemarketing and getting on the phone or doing that via email and um, direct mail. I mean, do you, is there much of a back-end marketing component to like All-Star or is it we do all of our stuff up front in order to get us into retail and get out of the direct-to-consumer as much as possible? Oh, but no, there's certainly a there's certainly a back end marketing um, aspect to to all of our campaigns. Most of it's items that are related to the main product, okay, um, at a great price. So um, if it's a personal care item, or you know, let's just say it's a foot care item, yeah, you know, I, and this is completely making this up, but maybe we'd sell like a foot bath with it, right? If it makes sense and they kind of go together with it that way, um, it is it's definitely a big part of the business there. And then yeah, and, and also pushing some of our items and trying to sell our items on the back end also. Um, and at, an, at a great price. It's um you know, you're just trying to build that revenue, you're trying to reach if you have the consumer there, it just kinda of makes sense to see if they were interested in more of your items that might make sense for them. And do you do that yeah, and do you do that past the point of sale? Like do you do that once they're once they're a customer like will I've actually done this before. Like I've I've ordered something, I can't remember if it was online or over the phone, so that I could just snoop and see if I can get on their mailing list or or their telemarketing list and I didn't. They didn't do any back end marketing. I can't remember what it was and I was a little disappointed. Um, but like do you guys do anything past the point of sale such as uh, you know, do I get direct mail? Do I get um, um, any phone calls? So we've exp- we've we've certainly I'm I'm almost certain we've explored it, um, but it's all opt in. It's not you know mm-hmm. you you have to totally you have to prove it. Totally ethical, yeah. You have yeah. to be something, yeah, exactly. You have to, you have to be um, fully prepared and fully you know you have to accept that option. Yeah, and we're talking to other marketers who totally understand the you know the concepts of the back end. So and the and you know permission yeah, it's, based. It's a, it's a big part. It's it's also a big part of the business, and I think the industry as a whole, um, you know, as far as um, a compliance standpoint and being user friendly, you know, also is at the forefront of that um, with editable carts and Amazon orders. I mean, we try to we try to make the ordering experience as easy and as simple as possible. Where there's no surprises. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Excellent. So I'm crossing off questions as I go, but this this is this has been awesome. Are there any um what, what what's a recent hit that you guys have had? In 2015, is there has there been anything that's kind of st- stood out as a, um, you know, as either so, fun or successful? Yeah, so you know, some just a just a handful, um, or just a few of them. You know, we'll, we're launching a few new ones. Um, some of them have been on TV already, but some in the past. You know, you have your catch caddies. Um, you know, which is kind of the uh, it's, it goes between your seat, your center console, and your car um, to catch your fries. Um, that's you know, one that blows me away. I'm like, somebody thought of that, and yeah, then they, and then they got it to market. I mean, I lo- I use it. I love it. I'm a car. I'm a I'm a car nut. I keep try to keep it clean, and um, I absolutely love it. It's, you know, it doesn't it doesn't stick out. It's not ugly. That's hilarious. Um, it just kind of you know just looks just looks like a you know it just looks like a like it belongs there. Um, purse pouch, another a neck that goes in between your car seats. Um, you know, you mentioned before, bacon bowl, egg tastic was big for us also, and it continues to be. Um, you know, I, I I think when we bring something to market, we're, we're pretty much not that we know, but like I said before, because it's up to the consumer. But pretty good idea; it's going to do well there um, because of the marketing, the way we push it, and the way we sell it. So, um, yeah, and you could check out all the, all those products at allstarproductsgroup.com um, or allstarmg. There's all of our rollouts, all of our products are so listed there by year, so you can see them and 
um, watch the commercial. Nice. Okay, I got to ask you this because I'm, I'm once more I'm on your site. <laughs> the perfect arch, the self groomer <laughs> and massager for cats. Yeah. Yep. Tell me that's successful. Oh, it is. Um, see, that's, people have that's to see this to believe it. Okay, so it looks like a a wiry pipe cleaner that's made into an arch with like probably wiry bristles and that cats can go underneath it and scratch themselves. Right. I, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I, um, it's, I, I, a friend of mine had one before we even did this and just absolutely, I mean, it's been a staple in their home forever with their cat. I mean, it absolutely loves it to the point where, um, you know, in order to get the cat to play with them, they had to take it away. I mean, absolutely loving it. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, um, keeping their house clean, um, you know, the catnip goes in the center to make sure that they kind of stay, you know, they go towards it. But such a great item and demonstrated so well on TV and a real problem solver. You know, a true, uh, you know, you could see the fur, you could see the hair on it. It's it's pretty amazing. And um, yeah, I'm, watch, I'm watching it now on mute as we're doing this. And it is, geez, but I mean, it's a it's a overgrown pipe cleaner mm-hmm. stuck into a cork board. Yep. And this is making somebody a lot of money. Yes, yes. So it's those, I think, again, going back to what we talked about before, right? Um, it's a simple item, but with the, it is truly unique. You know, I've not seen it before. I mean, it's it's unique. It solves a problem. And it's in a great category, which is pets, which to us is a category that has mass appeal. Most people have pets, or a majority do. Well, let's uh, talk about those categories. So there's pets, kitchen. What, what are the categories? Like, how many categories? Is it too many to kind of rattle off, or is it yeah, so what are the I, big primary ones? I think, you know, some of the some of the big ones for us are the AutoCAD, you know, automotive, okay, um, housewares, you know, any kind of household item problem solver, um, you know, your personal care items, and also, you know, we've we found a lot of success with, you know, personal care, but also t- targeted towards the teen, tween, you know, early twenties, younger market with the hot buns, hmm. hot hues items. Um, you know, we're one of the few marketers, if the only one, maybe the only one that's been able to reach that demographic with, you know, the marketing that we have and the products that we're offering. Yeah, because a lot of people ignore that demographic because they don't have as much money, right? Well, it's just, it's, it's you know, tr- traditionally it's those who are watching more TV, right? Maybe the, it used to be maybe an older customer, you know, the 40, 50, 60 year old customer. But, you know, we've been able to, with some of our targeted marketing and our social media, been able to target those, that younger customer, um, to really sell these to sell these items, right? Like I see, like hot jewels and hot stamps, like body jewelry and hair bedazzling things. It's all about being trendy too. You know, you have to be ahead of the trend and be there when it's ready. Yeah. Um, you know, hot buns was hot buns was huge. You know, the sock bun, um, sock bun maker, huge, absolutely enormous. That's so cool. So for my listeners, like I'm talking to myself on this, but like when you're thinking of ideas, like take a look at what is already out there. I mean, you could probably have a lot of fun with this. You know, grab grab an item and think about how how could I improve this? What else could it be used for? Think laterally. Maybe get really high and do it. I guarantee you some of these things were, <laughs> you know, were marijuana-inspired. Like, man, I could totally use this pipe cleaner to scratch my cat. <laughs> it's Well, you know, it's about solving. If, it's, if go throughout your day and say, hey, listen, I, um, you know, God, I'm having this problem. Or it's, what problems do I have? And how am I going to solve it in a, in a simple, unique kind of, you know, inexpensive way. And if those, if you can get in that mindset and think that way, I, there's not a doubt in my mind we'd find a winner together. Right. You know, the other the other thing this kind of brings up, I had a recent episode with Greg Jacobs and some of the people listening may have listened to that. So one of the things he is he has done and he's started to teach some of his clients how to do 
is to use to combine Kickstarter or actually Indiegogo and some of the crowdfunding campaigns with uh, items that you can source overseas, like let's say on Alibaba. And he goes, the, the real key here is to find the, you know, look on Alibaba, do a bunch of market research, find out kind of what's hot and what fits these criteria, and then think, okay, well, if I'm sourcing this from the manufacturer, how can I take what they've got and improve it in a way, make it somewhat unique, put my own spin on it, more than just a private label, but not totally re-engineering it, because if you're dealing with the manufacturer, often for relatively affordable price they can customize it to the way you want it and then he's saying to use you know he's also talking about thinking laterally how can you create a um how you know how how can you create something unique and different that you can then do in essence like your own version of this at a much smaller level which is get funded via you know the crowdfunding campaigns in order to to take your stuff into the next um level I actually think this may be a decent introduction that I could make between you and Greg. Greg is a good friend of mine as well because I know that he, he recently launched a training course on teaching people how to do this. His, so his people – this is just coming to me so I'm kind of thinking out loud here. So his people have an interest in developing products and getting them funded via crowdfunding so that they can launch them into e-commerce and retail, et cetera. But the one thing they're not doing is taking the next step like yours is they could have come up with a great idea. And honestly, crowdfunding is – there's a lot of intricacies to this. And you have to you, – you know, coming up with an idea is one thing. Initiating an entire marketing campaign, whether you're crowdfunding or Facebook advertising or whatever, is a totally different one. If, if you're interested, uh, John, I'll make that introduction because I think the two of you guys would hit it off. Oh, I would absolutely love that, and I then thank you. I mean, I and I think you 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 nailed on you nailed on the head. I mean, it's 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 yeah. So product is very important, right? And then the product itself is extreme. You know what problems it solves, and just having a great item is important. But it's also about the execution. You know, how do you you know getting it there, doing it correctly, having the retail relationships, having the relationships with anywhere in that you know anywhere where consumers are, right? Um, is so important, and I think that's where you know the all star comes into play. You know, we're great marketers. We're great. We're, we can get a product out there. We can sell it, and we're we're excellent at that. Um, we just need we just need a hand from our from our sources and from product people and creative people to bring those to bring those products here and kind of work together to bring it there. Nice. Yeah. No. That that I would absolutely love that introduction. I, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay. So here is where myself and my listeners can continue to potentially help you. So the things you're really looking for, the way, the ways that we can help you do your job better is obviously if you have an idea and you want to um, you want to get in contact with you, if you and we'll give that contact information here in one second. Sure. Um, other other ways that we can help you besides just introduction to people with ideas. Are there any are there any other resources you're looking for, partnerships you're looking for, um, people you're looking to hire, um, any, you know, anything out there right now that you guys are like, oh man, this is what, one of the things we're trying to find, resource, a nut you're trying to crack. Um, you know, I think from my, from my standpoint, it's, it's, it's product-based, it's networking, it's cool. uh, meeting, the peop- meeting creative-minded people, people that are in the business of product, um, so anything from, yeah, so I welcome and, you know, then there's also 
um, you know, ways we could work together as far as if there's any networking possibilities of linking us up with anyone from an inventor, a product developer, to even a, a larger maybe product development company or yep. even a real product consumer product company that might need help marketing their items. Um, but from you know helping All Star, um, it's 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 product based and it's also the networking and the people that we know here. And the more relationships, the better. I would love to meet everybody, talk to everybody, and see if there's a way not only if they can help us, but if there's any way we can help them. Nice. Those are some areas I can hopefully help you with offline as well as any of my listeners who are intrigued and are still listening and want to uh, see where this goes. John, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, Brad, we can... um so what's your what's your home address and your social security number? <laughs> <laughs> My license number. Um, no, I think the best way, you know, there's two ways. I, I have no issue whatsoever with people reaching out to me directly via email, um, and I could give you that email address. And we could. There's also another way. You could go to the website. It's allstarproductsgroup.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's allstarmgmarketinggroup.com. Um, so it's either All Star Products Group or All Star MG. It'll take you. To, it'll take you to the website either way. Um, and then there's a in my invention tab. You click on that tab, go through the process, and if you reference this podcast, um, you know I see all those submissions. But if you reference the podcast, um, you know I'll know it's coming from you know your group, Brad's group, and and we we'll go from there. Um, but as far as personal email here at All Star, it's John J O H N H. So John H at All Star. A L L S T A R M as in Michael G as in Go dot com. So John H at allstarmg.com. And again, um, just reference uh, the podcast and um, we'll have a discussion and we'll, we'll go from there. Beautiful. Well, John, I really appreciate your time on the show. and oh, I, Thank you. Yeah, and I appreciate everybody listening to this. Uh, I Hopefully, I fulfilled my promise of you know digging in and getting the questions that you probably had, maybe without even knowing it, because I, I learned a lot on this. And I actually – I had no idea going into this if what model All-Star followed. I like the model that it's a, hey, listen, we are – we are a one-stop shop. We just pay you. You don't have to. We're not asking you to fund all this other things. That's that's huge, and that's a that's a tremendous resource for people to just know that exists. Because if you have an idea, there's nothing more discouraging than when you have an idea that you think is really hot, but you have a no idea how to do it, mm-hmm. or b no money to do it, or you maybe you know how but you don't have the money, or maybe you have the money but you don't know how, and they really don't need that with you if if they have the idea. And they, they can get the ball rolling a little bit. It sounds like you guys are a tremendous source for them. So don't hesitate to use this as inspiration to, you know, if you have something right now, call John. Or go take a break. Go, you know, go do th- some things in your free time. And while you're daydreaming, you know, grab a product and think, how can I improve this? What, you know, what, you know, if I've got this back scratch, you know, back pipe cleaner, whatever, what else can it be used for? Um and take a look around your life and think because you never know where the next snuggy idea is is from, which is like quite literally turn a bathrobe, ar- you know, around. Yep. And you know, it's, it's beautiful that we live in a time and a age where somebody can make you know millions of dollars off of that idea. Yep. So if this has been helpful for you, or if you have any feedback for me, if you have any questions for me, you can email me directly at askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the show. Let me know if I missed anything. If you have anything to add if you know to this, to me or John, shoot me an email as well. And I dare you, I double dare you to leave a review on iTunes that I will read and love and cherish. I 
dare you to do it. You know, see, I'm, I'm, I'm applying this psychology, John. I'm trying to get them off their butts to do it. Oh, they'll, they'll do it. We know how hard it is to get people off the couch and take action. That's, that's exactly. So I'm not asking for money. I am asking for love. And you can do that by sharing the show, talking about it with your friends, and sending me an email or leaving a review on iTunes. Guys, it is uh, been a ple- it has been a pleasure. And, John, I look forward to connecting with you offline. To everybody else, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Bacon Wrapped Business. Thank you, Brad. Thank you.